You're listening to Fanholes, a podcast for tauntauns and twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey baby, what's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset, it looks way cool, you should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. <laughs> we do a podcast? What the fuck? I'm a Mario, and you are listening to a fan holes, a pop culture, a podcast, made for the fans, by the fans. You're listening to fan holes, you are gonna win. Here we go! Alright, hey everybody. We are back here on the Fan Holes Podcast this week. Got a pretty cool show for you this week. We've, uh, again, deviated from the theme topics that we have been doing. We're just pretty much going to do a big mashup show this week. Talk about a bunch of random stuff. It's kind of a... I don't know, I guess you would say... Anything you like, we will probably talk about at some point. we got games, we got comics... We've got, I don't know, anything you can think of as far as the, the geekdom and the fandom could ask for. This week we've got our usual regular cast of Fan Holes members online. I am Tony Chainclaw, as usual. If you guys want to shout out, just let us know where you're at. Go ahead. Howdy, folks. This is Brian, also known as Breakdown. Yeehaw! This here's Derek, Derek WC. Hi, it's Mike Thunderwing, and I have seen a security hologram of him killing younglings. <laughs> hey, this is Grimlock, and I am not a replicant, but I do dream of electric sheep. Just don't tell anyone. Bah. Click. Bring bring on the ostriches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you notice, I didn't go over the topic list this week. That's because I kind of want to do it kind of on the spur of the moment. Make it a little bit more of a surprise. Why not? Try some you have too much power, sir. <laughs> You're mad. You're mad. <laughs> this spur-of-the-moment plan was not discussed with any of us. <laughs> you did not send out four emails at all telling anyone about this. This improvisation must cease. <laughs> oh, man. I, it just seemed like a good idea. That I may have also forgotten to mention the topics at the beginning. The first thing we were going to get into this week is kind of a nostalgic kind of thing. If you are an adult in your mid-20s to late, like mid-30s, you probably own an NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. Now I'm playing with power! The classic gaming console, a lot of people rightfully give it credit for revitalizing the video game industry after the Atari died a horrible, horrible death. And most of us, I'm pretty sure, had one on the FanHoles podcast. If you're a little bit younger, you probably did emulators. Or also, pretty much a lot of the games you play now are based off of characters that came from the NES. But the main reason so many of us got into the system, obviously, was the games. And like I said, there's a lot of classic characters who sprung from the world of Nintendo. 
that's pretty much what we're going to talk about right now, is just our favorite NES games. The games that you just had to play, your friends came over because they had to play it. Just They were just the best games in the world for you at that point in your life. I'm going to go with, we got a lot of people who played NES, so there's no real expert, except for maybe Brian. I know Brian does like the game a lot. I will start, however, with, let's go with Derek. What was your favorite NES game? Well, I went with Gradius as my main NES game. I know I mentioned it on the past, and it's it's essentially a side-scrolling spaceship extravaganza, you know, and you basically, like, fly around in your space, fight, uh, space fighter, and you're taking out different alien ships, and, you know, they have little sort of, you know, Mario warp pads where a bunch of ships, like, you know, basically, you know launch and stuff, and then you've got a bunch of little cannons that are mobile going through the trees trying to shoot you down and all that kind of stuff, and then you pick up little power-ups along the way, so you have different, like, enhanced, you know, superpowers or whatever for your ship as you go along, you know, you can increase your speed, you can have, you know, laser beams instead of, you know, your regular, you know, blasts, you can have, you know, dual cannons, or, you know, you can have, like, these little sort of appendages to your ship, you know, you can get up to two of them, and the appendages also will, you know, shoot whatever, you know, laser or blast or, what, you know, whatever it is you're in the mode of, you know, so those appendages will also help you, you know, shoot stuff down, and then, you know, at the end of each level, you usually fight some kind of, you know, crazy boss where you have to basically, you know, dodge all their, you know, superior firepower and, you know, shoot the middle of their hole or, you know, whatever it is <laughs> you've got to do to take out the bad guys and stuff like that. But the, the reason why I picked that was I was trying to think of some games that I legitimately owned, you know, and like, you know, I guess I was always big into tie-in games back then, you know, even back then. So I had like stuff like Rambo and Top Gun and stuff that I guess some people might think are pretty awful games or whatever, which I didn't really mind that much. But as far as something that I played a lot of and had a lot of fun with, it'd be Gradius. And then I I was kind of doing some, some work, you know, some homework about this topic this week. And then the the only other things I'd like to give a shout out to is the game Rygar, which I think is kind of cool. And also, I'm kind of stealing this from a good buddy of mine. He introduced me to this, which is Smash TV. And so, like, both of those games are, like, (laughs) really, really fun. So, I, you know, I just wanted to mention those. I know I know, some of them started out as arcade games, so maybe it's not something that people automatically think of as NES games. But I, I just decided, you know, I'm not going to go with any comic book games or movie tie-in games or anything like that because, you know, it's like some of them are good and some of them are not so good. But, you know, I kind of have rose-tinted goggles when it comes to that. So I'll just go with something that I thought was really fun and had nothing to do with, you know, anything. With your lack of hate for Top Gun, were you one of the few actually able to land on the aircraft carrier? <laughs> it took me it took me a while to get like used to landing on the aircraft carrier. Like I remember when I first owned the game, it was really hard. Like I understand the frustration, like in you know people that made like gaming reviews and get mad about it. But like once I figured out the trick where it's like, oh, you have to elevate, and then you have to lower, and then you have to elevate, and then eventually you're kind of at the right level, you know, it's kind of like getting a, a fuel refill, you know, also oh, in that yeah, game. That you kind of had to do the same thing where you kind of had to, you know, you know, 
manipulate it to where you're like, oh, am I going to the left a few degrees? I'm going to the right a few degrees. I'm going up and down and doing all this kind of maneuvering. But eventually, you know, it's not like it's impossible, you know, like, so it's like, I, I remember eventually when I finally got the hang of it, I was like not as aggravated as I think most people are on like a first, you know, an initial play of the game or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to say like, as far as Gradius, or Gradius. I called it Gradius just like when I was a kid. I called it uh, Konami instead of Konami. Um, I played uh, Gradius in the uh, arcade a couple times. It was always kind of funny because in the Nintendo they had the simpler sounds and all that. But in uh, the arcade, every time you got a power-up, it'd be like, shield, option, laser, option, shield, shield. <laughs> like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Though, actually, I have played all those games, and they are all pretty pretty fucking amazing. I, I enjoyed all of those. Gradius, Gradius, I keep saying Gradius. Gradius really frustrated me. It's a very hard game if you haven't played it out there, guys. It's, it's challenging. <laughs> I used um, to like, I, I remember for me, like, because it's like I played it so much, I would do things like, I, I probably mentioned this in the past too, but like I would listen to like either like the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack or like the Transformers the movie soundtrack and then it became like, you know, like a Star Wars game or a you know, a Transformers the movie game or something for me, you know. So. Yeah, just kind of help but. you zone out while you're playing, yeah. Get into it. Get your get your wizard on, as that horrible movie showed. What about you, Mike? What's your favorite NES video game? Well, believe it or not, I never had an NES. My parents refused to buy one for me because they thought it was probably going to be detrimental to my learning ability or, I don't know, educational value. It's also probably uh, why... I, people, people don't know this. Michael actually grew up in Russia, so that's why. That's <laughs> well, they would have at least given him Tetris if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But my first game system was actually a Game Boy. So, like, playing Nintendo was kind of like a special thing to me. Like, I had to go to a friend's house to do it and whatnot. So, like, whenever I was at a friend's house, they were like, Hey, Mike, glad you could come over. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 where's the Nintendo? And, you know... <laughs> What's your name but, again? I don't care. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like a crack fiend for Nintendo back then because I didn't have it. Basically, like I didn't have, I didn't get the chance to really play it. Like, like I'll play many of like the one like single player games just because like whenever I'd go to a friend's house, obviously everyone would want to play. So you know, I, most of the games I ended up playing were like two players and stuff. And I picked a couple. I picked Ninja Turtles 2 and Ninja Turtles 3. I think it was the Manhattan Project was the third one. You know, basically based off the arcade game. Those were always fun. And the other game I picked was Gauntlet. I have very oh. fond mem. Yeah, I have, I have very fond memories of coming, like, going over to my friend's house after school and us like dungeon crawling in Gauntlet. And that 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 game had like friggin' like like, 80 or 90 levels to it, so, like, I don't think we ever finished it or anything. I don't think it was possible to finish it unless you, like, sat down and, like, played it for, like, a day. Uh, yeah, I just have fond memories of that, just the little, the little, like, sprites made up of, like, I don't know, not even, like, probably, like, 20 pixels walking around, like, do-do-do-do-do-do, <laughs> and breaking through walls and whatnot. That's pretty much it. I mean, I love, I I eventually, like, got Super Mario Brothers 3 for, like, 
some like Game Boy or something or whenever they re-released it and like that's probably one of, if that's a game like that was originally released on Nintendo that's become one of my like favorite games but I never really got to play it on Nintendo actually so but I'd probably go with Gauntlet I guess for favorite NES game altogether Did you ever play Rampage Mike Oh like Real Monsters I think I played it for like some other system, probably like Super NES, but I don't think I ever played like the original for Nintendo. Okay, because that game was like ungodly in length too. <laughs> yeah, like day fifty-seven. <laughs> did I? What, wait, it, did I say Real Monsters? I think I was. Yeah, thinking of did. The, I think I was thinking of the TV show Ah Real Monsters. But <laughs> I don't know why that that kind of crossed wires there. I just remember Rampage is a game about monsters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was like okay. the Godzilla and King Kong beat up the city thing, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Gauntlet was really simplistic, but damn if it wasn't very addictive. I, I definitely remember spending hours on that game myself. Yeah, God, that thing was just like, I can't quit. What about you, Justin? What's a awesome Nintendo game from your childhood? Well, as uh, long-time listeners know, I am usually unable to pick a favorite when I'm asked to pick a favorite anything, so <laughs> I'll... I did at least limit myself to two games. I went with Mega Man 2 and the first Castlevania game. Like, I really enjoyed Mega Man 3, and Mega Man 3 was the first one I think I ever beat on my own without using a Game Genie. But uh, even though I never did beat Mega Man 2 as a kid, like, it never did, like, give me those moments of frustration where you just want to take the controller and smash it. Like, I would just, you know, lose, and I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to start over. Like, I, I never got mad at it, so... Even today, like, I can pick it up and play it, and, you know, if I'm having an off day and I'm just, like, keep screwing up or something, I still enjoy playing it, and I have a lot of fun memories of, like, renting Castlevania and just, you know, spending a weekend trying to, you know, see how far I can get with it. Did you ever, like, sit down with Mega Man and go, like, fighting robot Mega Man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I have no hate for Mega Man or Castlevania, both awesome games. I, I was going to actually choose Mega Man for one of mine, but I actually fought it off because I wanted to go really obscure. I'll, I'll go ahead and do mine, actually, because, like I said, Brian is pretty much the gamer of our group, and I know he has some probably excellent picks. Two of the games I am going to list are going to be horrible, but they were two of the first games I had for my Nintendo. First one is Bad Dudes. Yes, and that was an awesome <laughs> game. It was. It was really fun. It was. It was just a little side scroller, and you were two. You could pick like two player if you wanted. But if what the main thing was is like you were a guy in khaki pants and like a tank top, and you just walked to the side and beat the crap out of people. (laughs) (laughs) The president's been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you a fat enough dude to rescue him? (laughs) 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 President Ronnie or something is supposed to be Ronald Reagan, but they called him Ronnie in the game. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I loved it also because at the, on the there's an arcade version it was ported from. In the original arcade version, whenever you beat a level, you would pump your fist in the air and go, I'm bad! <laughs> of course, being Nintendo, they tried to emulate it, and it would just, you pump your fist in the air and go, so that was it, it. It was one of the first games I had. It was just I don't know, very much a nostalgic, sentimental classic. Not not the greatest game, but really for a beat 'em up, it's really fun. But the other game I'm going to pick is again a little bit obscure, but damn if it's not fun. Bionic Commando by Capcom. 
that was just a fun damn game. It was hard as hell too. You basically were a guy who ran around with a with a gun. You it was a side scroller, but the added level of difficulty was you had this bionic attachment where you could throw a grappling hook and swing around, crawl up things, and all this kind of stuff. And they really added a lot of the puzzle aspects to the game by using the grappling hook. Really good graphics. Again, it's Capcom, so, I mean, it's going to have nice graphics. Great graphics. Really in-depth gameplay. I remember when I was a kid, I got really frustrated because you had this map screen. And it was like, you're going to go here? That's too far. You can't go there. And, like, when I got older, I realized you had to have, like, a special device to go across the thing. It was like... Your copter doesn't have enough fuel. And I'm like, why would you give me a helicopter without enough fuel when I'm trying to save the world? That's just fucking stupid. (laughs) But, yeah, those are probably two of my favorite ones. One honorable mission I will throw out there because it is a really popular version of a game, and a lot of people have played it and all that good stuff. But I never owned it myself, so I never really could claim it. I rented it a lot and everything. But I am going to, of course, mention Metroid. Love the game. Great classic game. But yeah, I really do want to hear Brian's picks, because like I said, he is our gamer of the group, so I want to see if he's got obscure or popular picks. Well, this was a really hard topic for me to narrow down to one choice as well, and I actually ended up with about four fairly popular picks. How I ended up picking one was I really tried to remember what, like, single game, like, ignited my lifelong love of video games. So that's the one I chose for my favorite pick. But before I get there, I kind of wanted to go back to like my first experience with video games overall. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but when I was a kid, my mom was pretty ill. She was really sick. And like for a long time, no one could tell us what was wrong. And then when she was finally diagnosed, we found out she had Pac-Man fever. So <laughs> I, I, I grew up playing the Nintendo, but with you know my mom being such a Pac-Man addict, we only had like or an Atari, I mean. We only had, like, three Atari games, and I think it was Pac-Man, Berserk, and, well, we had four, Space Invaders and Combat. So, you know, I kind of played them. I liked them for what they were, but, you know, it didn't really get me into video games. But I remember my, my friend that lived across the block, he actually had a Nintendo, and one of the first games he got, you know, with his Nintendo system was Mario Brothers. And, you know... Like, Atari games, it all the action takes place on one screen, and, like, even if you move to, like, off to the side of the screen, it just, like, reloads a new screen right there, you know? So it's not very in-depth. It's not, like, you know, a new world or anything, but Mario being a side-scroller, you know, like, it felt like you you were in a new world, and it was, like, almost endless, you know? And not only did they have levels above ground, you know, there's levels in the clouds and levels under the water, and at the time, that just blew me away because I was just used to seeing my mom play Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, my parents got a Nintendo, and I, I came home from school one day, and the Nintendo and Mario is sitting, like, on our kitchen counter, like, in the package. And I, I start freaking out, you know. I'm like, holy cow, we got to open this. Can we open this? And my parents were like, well, you know, we're not sure we're going to keep it, so... You know, we're we're not going to open it right away. And, like, so as a kid, I remember just sitting there. It seemed like forever unopened. Like, you know, they they wouldn't let me open it. And the only only thing I can compare it to, like, that you guys might be familiar with would be, like, if someone went to Justin's house and set, like, a double down on his counter 
and was like, <laughs> you know, Justin, I'm not sure if I'm going to eat it or not, or else I'd let you have it. So I'm just going to leave it here for a while. You're like, here, here are some bags of tacos. I, I want them to remain sealed, and I'll be right back in this other room for the next, like, three hours because i got to convince Natalie Portman to uh, stop going out with Orphan Annie or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, pretty much Justin's, like, nightmare is to be sitting in a room, and the only thing in front of him is a sealed glass case with a Fortress Maximus, a Double Down, Tacos, and Jägermeister, and he can't touch any of them. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when he goes to the Telosians planet, you know, Justin's <laughs> in the little glass hall, and he's banging on the doors and stuff. And then, you know, what's her face? Vina shows up, and she's, like, got a Fort Max in her hands and tacos and Double Down. <laughs> this is like, I hate you all. Why do you torment me? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, eventually my pleading got through to him. We kept the system, you know, and obviously I fell in love with it. Outside of Mario, the, the other games I had picked as possible contenders for first place were Contra, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, and Zelda. And, like, even to this day, like, if I have any, like, urge to play an old-school Nintendo game, like, those are still games I go back to and I still really enjoy playing. So that's why I picked them. Dude, I mean, if you're like me, I, I don't try to play it, but, like, if somebody pops in Contra, you're just all automatically there. You're like, i got to play Contra. <laughs> yeah. I remember my cousin had it, and we, we knew the 30 lives code at that point, so we could get through it, but... I don't know. It just brings back a lot of fond memories. Brian, you're 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 like the only person I've ever like met that like likes the first Ninja Turtles game. Like <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. Like because every person I ever met is like, oh yeah, Turtles two and Turtles three. You know, they're where it's at. You know, all arcade action and whatnot. But you know, the the first Ninja Turtles game is just like I don't know. It seems it seems like the odd duck of the bunch. You know. Yeah, like, I, I did really like the second Ninja Turtle game, or Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, partly because it came with, like, a $5 coupon for a personal pan pizza. Uh, <laughs> but the oh, first game, I mean, I think people give it too too hard of a time, like, especially about the damn level. And the damn level's really not that hard. And anyone who's played the game for five minutes can tell you that during the side-scrolling portions, you should only be using Leo and Donatello. Like, that's it. So by the time you get to the damn level, like, Michelangelo and Raphael should be untouched. You know, they should have full health. And, like, mostly because Raphael's side goes about three inches in front of him, I think you'd have a better time, like, attacking ninjas with, like, a warm hot dog than those sides. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> you use those two guys that's, as the that's damn how I That's how I saved President Ronnie, if you didn't know. <laughs> I was a bad man, and I, I had a whole card of hot dogs. So. There you go. But if you save those two for the damn level, I mean, it's really not that hard to get through. And, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool segments to, to that game. It's, like, really varied. Like, even driving the turtle van and, like, around town with the top head view and smashing, um, you know, the foot troopers as they're going around. And that's oh, basically what the top-down GTA games were, you know? That's true, yeah. So, yeah, I do have a lot of love for it. Grand, I mean, grand also, turtles. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Brian would agree also, at the time, we didn't know if we were ever going to get the arcade game on the NES because it was such a, you know, graphically intense game, and it was like, hey, if this is the only Turtles game we get, we'll fucking play it, you know? 
Well, I think I think that's where some of the backlash comes from, though, because you were sitting there and you know this arcade game is like the greatest thing ever, and you spent all your quarters on it. And then when you saw that that cover, you know, the game, you don't know what the game is about, so you think, oh, oh, this is this is the arcade game, but in my house, you know. And then you put it on, and you're like, well, what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> expectations you know so i i think it's understandable where the backlash comes from but i mean i can see why somebody would still enjoy playing it just for the variety it has me i, I thought it was a really frustrating game like i think somebody on bot talk said like hey i i finished that game the other day and i just kind of went wow well congratulations like that was really frustrating for me like you know good job that you got through it, you know, because for me, I think I, I, I don't remember where I, you know, I crapped out or whatever. It's been so long, I but I remember renting that level. game, you know, and kind of just, you know, eventually I was like, okay, I, I love the turtles, but enough's enough, you know. <laughs> I, I always crapped out on the level after the dam when you're driving around because I could not figure out the fucking maze of sewers. I was like, fuck. Yeah, me too. But, yeah. yeah, actually, I haven't ever beat it and. When that was posted on Bot Talk, I was like, whoa, good job. I love the game. I haven't beaten it. But that's because I couldn't find out where to go on that second part either. So, Yeah, it's hard. I will I agree with Brian on one thing, know. though. Raphael is one of my favorite turtles. I love his attitude and everything like that. But he really did have the shittiest weapon in the whole fucking game. <laughs> it, was just, it was like he just like flung his hand out like... <laughs> like, good job, Raph. Oh, man. Well, you know, there's a secret code called cold pizza where, like, April gets in the van, it starts shaking, and your health goes up. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that as a kid. And yeah, they yell, turtle power. <laughs> <laughs> Why is April uh, wrestling Michelangelo, <laughs> Sadly, Donatello has impotency, so he's always like, oh, shell shot. <laughs> As far as everybody's picks, seriously, if you guys do not know anything about, like, old-school Nintendo games, check all of those out. They're all really good picks. Nintendo is a very honored, legendary system, but just because it's old does not mean you can't play the games. Like Brian mentioned Contra, that's still a game I can pick up and still be just as engrossed as I am with any kind of newfangled, graphically superior game. So, yeah, give the NES, you know, give it a chance again. It's not a bad system. It's not a bad system at all. What is bad, though, heh, segue, what is bad <laughs> is when TV shows that you love, and this, is, this has got to be a TV show you like, does something horrible. There is a term for this that is spread across the internet due to the Happy Days episode where Fonzie, that's right, jumps over a shark. You were great in your day, Campy Crusader, but now you've... Oh, what's that expression again? That's it! You've jumped the shark! That moment when a once great show starts going downhill. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a plague on TV viewing when you enjoy a show so much and they have that one episode where you're like, oh, they used the ball to power, goodbye. <laughs> and you just can't watch it anymore. Sadly, it happens way too often in our culture. So that's what we're going to talk about now. TV shows that jump the shark and just... Why, God? Why did they do that? I want to throw it to Justin, I think. What was this TV show that just really bit the big one when it pulled its Jump the Shark moment? 
for me it would be House. Like I don't I don't know if any of you guys keep up with it, but it's a show like I didn't get into until like its third season and I can remember a good buddy of mine telling me he's like, You should totally check out this show called House. I was like, Oh, is it like this old house, you know, is it construction based or something? <laughs> he's like you know, he was like, No, it's about this doctor and he's a total jerk to everybody. I was like, Well, this doesn't really sound that interesting. But uh, skip ahead a few years later, and I'm catching like a rerun on you know, Fox or something. I'm like, you know, this house show is pretty good. So I started keeping up with it. And here in the past couple of years, it's really like, you know, jumped the shark. They did this whole thing where uh, House has like a mental breakdown, and he starts like having all these fantasies. And it's like he, he he's going into his head, and he, you know, the season ends with him going into a mental institute. I'm like, okay, well, this is probably, you know, not going to be worth watching after this. But actually, it turned out pretty good. But then the moment they jumped, they jumped the shark, and I was just like, well, it's going to be crap now. And it turned out to be true was when he got together with Cuddy, who's like the, the head of the hospital. And they've always had this you know, back and forth where it's like you know, they might be attracted to each other, but they kind of you – know, they're always butting heads and stuff. And I the think any time – Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like any time you have a show where there's any kind of you know, tension like that, and they finally give the audience what it wants, it's like you – know, these shows don't really know what to do themselves once they reach that point. And House, you know, suffered from that. Like, he got out like he was, you know, addicted to taking Vicodin and stuff, and he got off that. And then, like, because of that relationship, it kind of, like, that relationship broke down. And because of that, he went, you know, went back to taking Vicodin and doing all these crazy things. And, uh, like, this, I don't know, the whole last season that, uh, that ended this year was... Just I don't know. It just wasn't as good as any of the past stuff. Like this, that whole relationship really, um, you know, wore down the show for me. Yeah, house is not supposed to be happy. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. I I'm, I think I'm actually gonna go next real quick because mine's not gonna take too long. Because I'm in a similar vein as you. I used to not like X Files at all. And people told me, like, hey, you got to watch X-Files, man. It's an awesome show. It's the best show. Like, it's so creepy. And, and I was like, eh. Then about the second <laughs> season, I, I mean, yeah, it just it was what it was. But about the second season, I started watching a few episodes here and there, and I really got into it. Fox Mulder was a really cool character. Dana Scully was really cool. The special effects were well done for a TV show about horror or Supernatural. And I got into the plot line. I like the mysteries. I like all the, like, you know, I guess you would say unresolved things that they would leave hanging on purpose. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool show. And I will give them credit. They didn't jump the shark till almost the end of their run. But I think the reason that they ended their run was because they jumped the shark so badly. For some reason, Fox Mulder, who is David Duchovny, he gets, I guess, abducted or missing for some reason. And then they bring in the T-1000 for some god-awful fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> And he's not a bad character, and honestly, watching the episodes he's in, it's not poorly written. It's just the dynamic between the two original characters is what made the show. Is like, you could replace characters sometimes. They, they did the whole thing with Darren on Bewitched and whatever, you know. You've seen that yeah. TV history. But taken away, David Duchovny killed the show for me. I was like, I don't care what happens now. I really don't. And I don't know what's going on because the shows make no sense now. I was like... Fox Mulder was taken by aliens. No, he wasn't. He's at a fruit stand. I have a picture. And then they show him like a quarter, you know? <laughs> it, was like, it just, yeah, it blew my mind how quickly, like, it just went from, ah, mysteries that kind of make sense to, really, you guys are 
you have like my memory when you were writing these episodes. Jesus. And, I think I think like the the transition from being shot in Canada to the transition to being shot in Los Angeles, and then also the whole movie thing too. I think contribute to it, even though Duchovny was still a part of the series when those things happened. But, I mean, you could also point the finger at those as, like, you know, to, to shift some of the blame from, from poor Robert Patrick. Like, it's not, I don't think it's all his fault. Like, I, I think, I think the, the moving to, you know, shooting it from L.A. instead of Canada and also, um, you know, the whole, you know, kind of sexual tension type thing where I think by the movie, by the time the movie came out, you really wanted them to have done it. And then the thing that cracked me up is then, like, you know, 20 years later or whatever it is, they released that second God awful movie and they're in bed together and I'm like, yeah, whoa, you guys were like fucking, you know, 20 years too late. Like people would have would have went shit if they saw that in the first movie, but you know they didn't put it in there, you know. So. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I could watch the last season episodes. I think it's the last season that Robert Patrick came in, and I mean they're not poorly written. And he's he's Agent Doggett, not a great name, but he's not a bad actor. No, I mean I'm, I'm not giving him a, a lot of the blame. I just think the writing in general. And like he said, the dynamic between the two wasn't as good as Gullia Mulder. And it just, you know, it just lost a lot of the appeal for me. I, yeah, I don't blame Robert Patrick. The only thing I blame him for is The Marine. That was a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I always think it's funny, like, in the, the first movie, where, like, they definitely show that there are aliens. And then I'm like, you know, well, what's what's going to, you know... Mulder's, like, validated now, isn't he? Like, that's where, where does his character go from, like, here? And then, like, then they, they had the stupid thing where, like, oh, well, Scully was unconscious that whole time, so she can still be, you know, like, a skeptical. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, you are unconscious, but you are on a fucking spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, I mean, my, what, what, what did, like, Mulder, like, tells her? You are on a fucking spaceship, Scully. And Scully's like, oh, <laughs> I rescued you from a fucking spaceship, Scully. Mulder was like, you've been asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, motherfucker. You've been asleep, Jillian Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll back you up, Tony. Like, I I was watching X-Files since the first episode, and I remember, you know, it got really, really popular. And I remember when they announced the movie, I was just like, whoa, an X-Files movie? Me must watch. Yeah, I remember you know being really excited and like there was you know toys of the X Files, uh, you know Mulder and Scully and the alien and the caveman. So I went out and bought those. I was crazy about the yeah. show. And then it's I like bought those too. Fireman. <laughs> and then it's like you go from the movie. Like after that, it just kind of goes all downhill. It's like you know they they had so many conspiracies going on. It's like the writers really didn't know who was doing what and what was going on anymore. So they were just kind of at a loss. And then you know the Kevney you know, craps out, and I, I remember watching that, you know, season, I can't remember which one it was, but the one where, you know, it's no longer Mulder, it's, you know, Robert Patrick, I was just like, wait, so Mulder's not going to be around anymore, so I, do I want to watch this anymore? And it, I gave Robert Patrick a few episodes, but I kind of tuned out after that. Yeah, I mean, like like Derek said, it's not the poor guy's fault, it's just, you get used to it, it'd be, it'd be kind of like, uh, like, it's like Smallville. If, like, in season, they had, like, uh, ten seasons or whatever, or eight seasons. If, like, in the, like, last season they were like, oh, Clark, what's going on? 
eh, I'm just kind of bored. I'm going to go walk around America, and the star of, like, the show is going to be, oh, I don't know, let's say Aztec. It's just, you, you know, Aztec probably is a cool guy and stuff, but, you know, Clark is walking around America, and we don't care about that. We want to see Clark fuck. We'll rather watch him walk around America and get a Mountain Dew every couple I think, of miles. I think what, what would have really happened was Clark would be abducted by manhole covers. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, Aztec would, like, hang out with what's-her-face Supergirl the whole time, you know? <laughs> You're hot. You got a weird helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, it's just not his fault. It's just when you have, like, such established characters, you can't really fuck with the premise so hardcore like that. But yeah, that's my jump the shark moment in TV history. Let's see. I'm, I'm just going to go across and down as far as my Skype picture reel shows me. I'm going to go with Mike. What's your jumping the shark moment in TV history? Uh, I've got I've got three shows I'd like to mention, but I'd, I'd like oh, to say but Jesus. <laughs> no, I'll be I'll be very brief. <laughs> the other two are honorable mentions. I couldn't narrow it down, so I'm going to talk about every show I like. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to take a, t- all of you. Tell me your picks too, because I'm going to pick them as well. I was really I was really upset when Out of This World just jumped the shark and seen the crack. Damn it, E.V. Garland, why must you torture me? <laughs> Go on about all real monsters. We're waiting. Exactly. <laughs> Alf jumped jumped the jumped the shark in the very first episode because there's no such thing as aliens. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to clarify though, when I say these shows jump the shark, I don't mean that after they're shark jumping moment that they sucked, but they just were never as good as, like, they never were as good as, again, as when they were at their peak. The first show I want to mention is 24, and I kind of feel like it jumps the shark every single season, and it, like, just (laughs) keeps jumping it. Like, it seems like the first season, I think, is awesome, but every season after that, it just seems like they were trying to out-extreme things, like, you know... And kept finding bigger cons- sharks to jump. Yeah, and considering like in the second season, Jack like saws the head off a guy. You know, you you can imagine how extreme they get by season like eight or uh, seven or eight. I think I think it was eight seasons, wasn't it? Someone is anyone? I think know? It, isn't it nine? Or, I, I, I thought eight, it was a lot. Eight. Like I I just remember I watched the first season on television. After that, I I didn't Jack. I didn't watch any more seasons. But uh, a good friend of mine loves Jack Bauer, so he had like all the DVD sets, and I remember he was like, "Oh, you got to watch the rest of this." Like, and sometimes I would like catch an episode, you know, when I was over at his house because he'd be watching it and stuff. And so I think I borrowed like the second season of the DVDs from him, and I watched that. But I think like as far as watching it on a regular basis, kind of like what you said, I guess I wasn't as you know a religious viewer of of 24 but you know now that you mention that it's like i keep thinking i have this vision in my head of like instead of one guy you know getting his head sawed off i got a vision of like (laughs) nine guys like a a big freaking you know like you know Uh, yeah well it it was always like every season they tried to have like jack do 
even more like gruesome torture techniques on people and like there'd always be a more extreme terrorist attack like oh this season a nuclear bomb goes off on you know american soil and this season like the white house gets invaded and then this season, you know, it, it's like it kept getting more and more ridiculous. And then, like, and same thing with like the vi- like the villains of the season. Like it, like oh, this season Jack has to fight his mentor, the guy who taught him everything he knows. And then the next season Jack has to fight his evil brother and his evil father, who's James Cromwell. And then, and then uh, the season he has after to that, fight Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was getting to that point. It was like the season after that, Jack has to fight his best friend, who's back from the dead, you know, and it, it just like, I was like, do you have any other people from Jack's past that can come can, that he can fight, Mike, you know? Mike, can you get me in touch with that guy? Because he obviously can stop people from dying. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your friend, Jack? Uh, he just goes by Darth Plagueis. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I will teach you the secret of not dying. <laughs> For, First lesson, keep breathing. <laughs> you must live. live. You must do the opposite of die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and like you know, it, it was Jack lost his wife in the very first season. Then like he had another girlfriend and she went crazy and then like he had another girlfriend and she died at the end in the last season and you know, it just it was like a cyclical thing with that show. I mean, it just kept like reloading and jumping the shark over and over and over again. <laughs> like it's like but you know, I, I that but that's not to say I didn't enjoy watching it. I just like I still think it's like, kinda like it's kinda like going to SeaWorld. <laughs> Like, I suppose you it off? is, <laughs> but I I never thought it was as good as like that very first season. The other two like honorable mentions I had, and these might be a little controversial, I guess, but Faster. I'm gonna go, yeah, and and brace yourself. I'm gonna say Beast Wars because I think after season two, season three did not live up to season two. I'm not I gonna log out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, this is going to be controversial, but um, I, I, I enjoyed season three of Beast Wars, but like, I thought like after the agenda, like they couldn't do anything like bigger than that, and like they tried to do it like with the Nemesis, but I'm like, oh, so you know, it's like it, it wasn't something different. It was just like you know an offshoot of the arc, basically. They're like, oh, well, let's think of the other ship, you know, and I don't know, it just seems like kind of redundant to me. But no, you know what? I, I, I will I will back up your, your controversy because I you know, I, I for me like I remember I really got into it during the second season and then the third season there are all these characters, you know, where it's like, you know, transmittal to num nuts. Yeah. Metal to num nuts <laughs> Prime, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. So there are all these guys that, you know, are designed to sell more toys and kind of, you know, yeah. do their, their goofy thing. Season, you know? season three definitely had a sell more toys vibe because, like, like, I think it's literally like 11 out of the 13 episodes introduce <gasps> a new toy. <clears throat> Tiger Hawk. <clears throat> Tiger Hawk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's like that seemed to be the season where Hasbro finally said, "Hey, wow, this is popular. We should like put, take a more active hand in this, you know." And then like let's transmittal up all these numbnuts, you know. Yeah, yeah so. I, I, I will say one thing as far as that goes. While I did enjoy the entire season three as a whole, it really did piss me off that like, as I mentioned, Tiger Hawk. 
when he lands, just by landing, he destroys the Predacon base, and it's like, oh shit, Tiger Hawk, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, you know, he's the ultimate Transformer, he's badass, and they keep doing that for, like, the, the entire time he's around, they're like, Tiger Hawk, Jesus, he's so badass, he's like a power <laughs> glove. Hey, you forgot the power glove! And that is why we went out and bought four of them, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and then I'm watching it, and then they have the like the final three parter, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch this. You know, I'm totally into this. Tiger Hawk's like, there's a ship coming. I'm throwing a tornado at it. Oh, I died. You know, used up all my power. You know, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it, yeah, it really smacks of like Hasbro's hand in it. They 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 were probably like, people say like, oh, Tiger Hawk's not going to be in Beast Machine, so you're going to have to get rid of him. So you know. And, you know, he was kind of a deus ex machina. If he was around, you know, what chance did anyone have? So, like, yeah. he was pretty much the Sentry or whatever, or Superman equivalent, I guess, whatever you want to call it. And, like, same thing with, like, Black Arachnia. Like, it's, it always seemed to me like they had that one episode where she was, like, you know, the one episode where she fights, like, Transmetal 2 Dinobot in the jungle. And at the end of that episode, she's like, oh, no, I, I like myself for who I am, and I'm going to stay this way. I'm not going to, like, reprogram myself. Then not, like, two episodes later, she's back <laughs> trying to become a trans metal or whatever. And I'm like, did you pay attention to, the like, the events of your own life or what? You know, didn't you just say you were not going to do that? But whatever. But I guess Hasbro, like, hit her upside the head and said, no, you want to be a trans metal. And well, I mean, didn't you, didn't you like the commercial line at the end of the episode where she does that? She's like, same girl, trans metal, two powers. Like, really? Are you just trying to fucking sell the toy? God. That's pretty much it. But like I said, like 24, like, that's not to say I didn't enjoy a lot of season three. There's a lot of great moments in season three. Well, the, the topic is about favorite shows, so, I mean, yeah, you have to love yeah, it to kind of see where, where it lost its way, right? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. like I said, I, I just believe, like, after that, like, string of, like, five or six awesome episodes at the end of season two of Beast Wars, like, they never were that good again. Like, you know, Transmutate, Code of Hero, and then The Agenda, and that was, like, their their probably their peak. And speaking of Superman, the other show I wanted to mention was Justice League Unlimited. Because I very similarly, I think they like blew their load in season two, and season three was just like a, you know a kind of farewell tour kind of. And again, there's a lot of episodes and things I like in season three of JLU, but I I just don't think they were you know as good like that second season uh, versus Cadmus. I think that was like their peak. Also, like, I, I have similar feelings about the JLU, like, finale with, like, Darkseid and stuff. Like, we need a big thing for the finale. Oh, let's just bring back Darkseid. Like, it wasn't anything new. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, something big and, you know, name, name brandy. So we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, the, the networks, you know, yank people's chains sometimes. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, this is probably going to be the last time you do the show. And so they bust out the, the Terry McGinnis thing, you yeah, know, and you're like, yeah. oh, what a what a cool ending to like the entire, yeah, you know, from Batman to there. And then they're like, oh yeah, well this was pretty popular. You do 13 more, and then they're like, oh shit, yeah, we exactly. Think, yeah. We didn't think of this. Like now we got to think of some stuff, you know. Like so, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So yeah. like again, like I I enjoyed a, that season a great deal, but I just don't think it was. It lived up to, like, it, it was, yeah, like I said, it was like a farewell tour of duty, almost. Yeah. But those those are my picks. 
That's cool. I, I was going to say about Justice League Unlimited, as a fan of the show, to me it made sense. And that's just from my point of view. However, as a hardcore comics fan like you are, from that perspective, I can't see how there's a lot to be pissed off about. Like, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, I, I, I can see the non-controversy and the controversy with that. So. I want to go, let's go to Mr. Brian. What is what is something that was much jumpage of the shark edge for you? Well, I think I actually picked the only show that after they jumped the shark, they immediately spun the motorcycle around and tried to unjump the shark. Um, <laughs> the show that I picked is actually Married with Children. And uh, oh. the, the jump the shark moment for me was the addition of Seven, the six-year-old little boy. And it, it's pretty amusing if, if, like, you watched the show and, like, paid attention to it because, you know, he, I mean, first of all, you got to think of, like, the show's demographic and, like, the audience it already had. Like, who, like what writer would think that those people would be interested in adding, like, a six-year-old kid to the show? It's, like, absolutely <laughs> insane that they even did that. But, I mean, the fan reaction was so bad that the writers didn't have to write the kid out of the show. They literally just stopped writing the kid into the show. Like, there's no explanation for his disappearance. He's just gone. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I think there's a later – like, occasionally they reference it jokingly in later episodes. Like, I know there's one where there's, like, a milk carton, and it has this picture on it, and it says missing and stuff. (laughs) It's never really really referenced directly or anything. It's just – it's like it never happened, so – See, but the, don't you wish that would happen? I mean, I know that's – I'm not thinking of it. Only only in fictional terms, people, so don't get mad at me. But, you, you know, sometimes, like, you watch those shows, like, Growing Pains or whatever, you know, where they genuinely, like, add – you know, it's like, oh, Chrissy's all grown up, you know? And it's like, you're like, oh, please, like, you know, you just wish that would happen to, you know, to all the little – you know, wishing the kidnappings on the little – Get added in, like, final seasons and stuff, you know? Yeah. All over from Brady Bunch, stolen in the night, <laughs> falled off in a van. I, I will add this, just because the way you, you describe I forgot about Seven, but I think the only show that ever did, like, a jump the shark, kind of, but not really thing, I always liked how Roseanne handled, the, like, the two Beckys. Yeah, that was done kind of tastefully and funny as well. Yeah, because, like, she would come back sometimes, the original actress, and, like, they, they even had one episode, I remember they are like, Tonight, the character of Becky will be played by, like, the original person. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, it's was, it was really funny, pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. But, yeah, I remember Seven. He was not a good character. <laughs> exactly. Not well done. Yeah, we'll go with you, Mr. Mister Derek. I think you are the last one, so l- let it go. Which, which this, one? This was actually, like, a tough question for me because – I I think initially when I when I looked at the question, it kept delineating shows for me, you know, because like I think the shows that that have genuinely jumped the shark that I like, they they have the grace to like label their show something completely different, you know. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know, oh, it's Battlestar Galactica, and then it's like, oh, well, when did it really jump the shark? Well, that's called Galactica 1980, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like they're all labeled, so I was like, well, I can't use that, because it's kind of like a whole different TV show, you know, and so I was, like, thinking about, like, shows that I, like, really enjoyed, but that I thought jumped the shark, and to be honest, the, the only thing I can think of is, is really recent, and it's supernatural, and for me, I, I really, really 
thought the fifth season of that show was, you know, they fight the fucking devil, you know, like, and, and it's like, it, it's like, what, how do you, how do you possibly top that? Like, and, you know, I, I don't want to like, you know, spoil anything for people who haven't, you know, seen season six or whatever, but I don't know. Season six is just kind of, it's just kind of there, you know, they're kind of going through the paces. And then, you know, when they finally introduce the big bad, it's just kind of how people would feel about, you know, infinite crisis or, you know, Danny catch or, or any, anybody who comes back and you're like, Oh, Hey, it's Danny catch. Oh, he's an evil scumbag. Or, you know, Oh, Hey, there's Superboy prime. Oh, he's an evil scumbag. You know? <laughs> so it's like, that's kind of like, you know, where it's at, you know, with, with supernatural by this point. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, they sort of went there cause they didn't have anything else to do. And, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But, but having said that, like, kind of like what Mike's saying, it's like, I don't think the show's awful. You know, I still watch it. I enjoy watching it, but it's just, you know, they, they sort of, you know, the literal translation, you know, the literal meaning of jump the shark, you know, you reached your plateau. And for me, you know, seeing Sam and Dean, you know, go after, you know, you know, the devil or whatever, you know, and, and he's in his body and all that other stuff. And they, you know, jump in the pit and seal him away and everything. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so the show's done then, right? And it's like, no, no, it's got a sixth season, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. And and they, it actually got picked up for a seventh season. So I'm kind of like, oh, I guess they're, they're still trucking away, you know. So I, I'm sure there'll be more, you know, but I, 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 for some reason I have a hard time convincing myself they could ever, you know, get back to that, you know, that agenda level that Mike's talking about where you kind of, you hit that plateau or that peak and you're like, okay, well now, you know, now it's just a, you know, a boulder rolling downhill. So yeah, that's not, not, just for spoilers for anybody listening. If you watch supernatural mute this for like five seconds, isn't like cast the bad guy now. Yeah. He's the, he's, he was the big bad. So, so that's, that's why I was kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, like, and it's not badly written, like, like to, you know, it's like they try to pull that whole, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, it's basically the the same kind of stuff that's, you know, polarizing the nation where, you know, you've got people who, who need to get, do things to get things done, but it's all in terms of heaven and hell and souls and making deals with, you know, the underworld and what happens when a, you know, a power vacuum exists and how nature abhors a vacuum and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's all interesting, well-written stuff, but at the same time, you know, you're kind of like, you know, some of it's a little too, you know, it's a is, little is too it, close. Is it kind of like, you know? like similar to Buffy? Because I didn't choose Buffy, but just, Buffy was close. Because at one point, Buffy fights a god. It's called Glory. It's like a female god. And she beats the god, and she goes to hell. And then, yeah, I, I guess I could see that, except for the fact that I didn't really watch Buffy enough religiously to, like, while it was on the air, to experience that. So, like, to me, like, I don't think that season, season five, means as much as it does to other people. Like, because, to be honest, like, I watched a lot of those on DVD, and some of the, when I started watching it on TV, I started watching season six on television. So it's like, I, I guess because of that, I kind of have a soft spot for Buffy season six. And, like, season four and season five are kind of, eh, you know, there for me. You know, like, you know, they're not bad, but they're not, you know, I, I like the first three seasons a lot. And then, you know, see, I don't know. It's kind of like yeah. once, you started, once you started, you know, switching up boyfriends and everything, it kind of, you know, that's when it sort of started waning on my nerves, you know, kind of like how maybe Mike was saying, like, oh, okay, well, Jack Bauer's wife gets killed in the first 
season. And then after that, it's like he's got like 12 different girlfriends who are all destined to, uh, you know, get put in the refrigerator by major force. And you kind of <laughs> like, so there's no real thrill or, you know, anticipation there, you know, so. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the only reason Buffy was saved for my jumping the shark thing, and I'll admit it, I'm a fanboy. I, I do like my stuff that I like. And when Buffy came back, it really did shine a spotlight on Spike, and he had a lot of good episodes. So that's why I didn't give him the jumping the shark thing. So, so that, that's I understand what you're talking about, like where the new season is not horrible, but it's just not. It doesn't seem to make sense to you. Well, no, it makes sense. It's just it's it's got a you know it's got that feel of they turned a corner and now they had to like make up some new shit, you know, like and and you know it's one of those things where you know it's not just a a linear progression where you you know have a you know rising climax. It's more like they came to a fork in the road and went, oh, gotta make a U-turn and go down to this other hill and go to this <laughs> yeah. other fruit stand and. Lose but, my power there, you know, or whatever it is. You know. I was gonna say, ironically, Derek, if I if I had to say like if where Buffy jumped the shark, it would be like at the end of season five. Like I like I, I think season six and season seven were just like you know them going through the motions almost. Right, right. Like that. Then again, you know, I started watching it on TV like at season three, so like yeah. I didn't have. I, it was a different perspective for me than you. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, they they made Glory out to be like the end all be all. Am I right, Mike? Yeah, like she she's a god, and not only that, and Buffy dies at the end. So I thought, like, yeah. what are you gonna do <laughs> better than that. that? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but it, again, it is perspective. It depends on when you see these shows. So those are our. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Another challenge has arrived. <laughs> now I was just gonna say, Derek, just think of Supernatural as one giant ongoing magic war. <laughs> <laughs> One more day. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, I, I would like to clarify, as I think everybody has said while they were talking about it, just because these shows jump the shark does not mean they're not good shows. It's just they, they hit a point where we were just like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like, don't don't be afraid of these shows. House is a good show. Like I said, I like The X-Files. It's a really good show. JLA, I mean, you know, great JLU good, you know. These are all good shows. Don't be afraid just because they jump the shark. If you want, watch them until they jump the shark, then go with the memories from there. <laughs> so, yeah, just don't be afraid of something jumping the shark. Just remember when it does, it might not be as good. We have traveled a long way through time and space. Look at what has happened. What? How can that be? Madam Webb says that we're each from different dimensions. Reality is like a river that splits off into many parallel tributaries. These Spider-Men are from parallel realities, each as legitimate as yours. They're all you, with some slight differences. This is going to be kind of a hard transition because it's a totally different topic, but something I've really been waiting on, something I'm really excited to talk about, in fantasy and sci-fi especially, when a story gets to a certain point, when they've done a lot, when they've told a lot of stories and they've gone over the characters and you know these characters and you know the setting and you think they've ran out of things to do. A lot of science fiction and fantasy and even other genres of storytelling go for something called an alternate universe. They, they kind of mix things up where they give you characters who are not as the way they seem normally. They go to a different dimension or they go to a different timeline or they go 
just in a different setting where, you know, probably the most popular version, which if somebody picked this, I apologize, I won't go into it, but it's like the mirror universe of Star Trek. Spock's a evil bastard with a goatee. That set the tone. Everybody since then has been like, if you have a goatee, you're evil. But it's always really refreshing because it gives the actors a little bit of a chance to stretch their acting muscles, and it gives the fans a chance to see what may have been if things had not always ended right, if Voyager didn't always have the reset button or whatever. So alternate universes is our next topic. I'm going to start with someone I haven't started with all night. If Brian doesn't mind, would you like to start with your favorite alternate universe storyline? Certainly. I picked two, and I kind of cheated on both, so I hope you don't mind, but honestly, I don't care if you do. The first one, <laughs> the first like almost legitimate choice I had was Spider-Man 2099. You know, it's set in the future. It's an alter, It's a possible future of the Marvel Universe. And really, out of all those 2099 books, it's the, it's the only one worth reading. You don't hear people talk about Hulk 2099. You don't hear people talk about <laughs> Doom 2099, or at least, you know, good Lord, I hope they're not talking about it. We know somebody who does, but he shall not yeah. But I mean, well, I'll, I'll, you know what? Despite that, I I I like I like Doom twenty ninety nine and X Men twenty ninety nine. But you know, whatever. I'm a I'm a I'm a just junkie. Just leave Ravage twenty ninety nine alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like Peter David really took a lot of care with the series. He he wrote most of it, and the character is like awesome. You know, the the sec- What actually led me to that choice was when I was originally thinking about this topic. You know, really what I could only come up with with was thinking about Exiles. And, you know, like, I really love Spider-Man 2099 and Exiles. You know, Exiles is pretty much, you know, like Sliders or Quantum Leap, but in comic form, you know, it's this team of heroes that jumps from universe to universe fixing things. And, you know, he's like one of my favorite characters from that. So it's just a character that stuck with me and that I I really enjoyed. It was really well written. What was your uh, other choice? Exiles. Oh, uh, you, yeah, oh, you, you. And from Exiles, I decided to choose Spider-Man 2099. You segued really well into that. Really well. Clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will actually totally get Brian's back on that. If you have not read the very short, unfortunate run of uh, Spidey 2099, yeah, totally pick it up. It's Peter David. He's a great writer. It had good art too, and yeah, really, really good stuff. That's that's an excellent choice. And then if you like if you like team ups, there's a, a regular Spider Man and a twenty ninety nine team up issue too. That's pretty sweet, and that's by Peter David as well. Cool, cool. I did not know about that. So there you go. Speaking of which, since Derek piped in, I'll go to you, Derek. What's your favorite alternate universe? I, I sort of did do the de facto thing, but with a twist. Twist. <laughs> the twist. Um, what I is? picked for my favorite thing. Twist. The first thing. <laughs> Uh, first thing that jumped into my mind was a mirror darkly from the show Enterprise, which, you know, is Star Trek. But, man, I, I love that two-parter. Like, it's great. Like, I, you know, I remember watching that, and I'm all, the show should just be this, like, all the time. Like, hot chicks, like, people running around trying to kill each other and stab each other in the back. This is awesome. Yeah, so I, I, I totally dug that. Like, I, I enjoyed that two-parter. By the fourth season, you know, they were throwing a lot of references into the original series, you know. So, you know, you had you had Archer, you know, fighting uh, Gorn and 
things like that. You had references to the Tholian web and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you know, even, even some of the earlier episodes had like Orion slave girls and all kinds of cool stuff. But that, that two parter, I think was just my favorite because, you know, like, like what you're saying, basically an alternate universe takes characters that are fairly familiar to you that you get to know on a weekly basis and just kind of twists and tweaks them into something that's sort of, unfamiliar you know so you start out watching it and you're kind of like oh weird he likes to torture people oh weird like you know i'm used to you know hoshi chick just being kind of you know responsible and whatever and oh she's a backstabbing bitch and there's a cat fight with her (laughs) paul and like you know just stuff like that that's like cool you know so it's like i you know i don't know i just i i enjoyed the shit out of that and that was the first thing i thought of when this topic came up so that's why i went with it i mean you know there's there's other cool if if people like Star Trek, there's other cool mirror universe stuff. You know, they they went back to the mirror universe in Deep Space Nine a few times, which, you know, I also thought was kind of, I got a kick out of Mirror Wharf. Like, I always thought, like, I, I know this is lame, but I, I always thought if they made, like, more Next Generation movies and they wanted to give Michael Dorn, you know, a paycheck or something, you know, instead of doing, like, a lore movie or, a, you know, whatever they were trying to do with Brent Spiner, <laughs> you know, they should just bring Mirror Wharf and have him be the bad guy, you know, in a, in a movie or or something but you know whatever but anyway that's my that's my thing mirror darkly almost like the the last two episodes you know second to the last two episodes of star trek enterprise that's actually a really good pick and honestly honestly you know it was so popular you can't fault it because they even made a friggin' toy of the enterprise with the uh what's the name of it the the different federation name in that universe i forgot what it's called Oh, the, the, what is it? Like the, it's some kind of empire. I don't know. I can't yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually made a variant of the Enterprise toy from like uh, Diamond Select. So apparently it was very popular. Also, I was going to throw in, you were talking about other Star Trek mirror universes. Uh, somebody picks this and I apologize. But they even did that with Voyager, kind of, where the Doctor has one of his modules. He has like a brain module and it goes into the future, way in the future. And everybody from the planet remembers Voyager as being a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and like Doctor's like, no, they were cool. And like, and like you have like Chakotay. And he's like, we must kill them all. And he's got like this huge facial tattoo instead of a little small one. Does anybody remember that one, or is it just me? No, no, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of funny because they all have like black uniforms, and they're like. Voyager is like... This didn't, didn't, like, Janeway have the, the Vader hand or whatever? You know, she had her, her, <laughs> yeah. her black OJ murder gloves on or whatever to show that she was, like, Eve. Yeah. It wasn't really a mirror universe, but it was in the similar vein of, like, oh, Voyager, yeah. they're bad guys, yeah. What about you, Mike? What's your, your favorite Alti universe? Well, that's this is one of probably my favorite tropes, like, in fiction, you know, just the alternate universe, the alternate future. I used to watch Sliders. I loved that show. I, I, I love the comic What If, or what I used to when okay. it was, like, an... When it was an ongoing comic, and it wasn't just like a once a year thing Marvel does, and they put a bunch of like amateur writers on it and stuff like as a testing ground, I guess. And like all the modern what I've seemed to suck, but yes, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I will, I will concur with all the uh, current what if sucking like since oh. like, was it, like <laughs> I, I made the misfortune of buying what if Civil War. It, it was awful. <laughs> I have a question, actually, for Mike or Derek, whoever wants to answer this. He said it's like a once-a-year kind of thing. Do the the end comics, like Wolverine, the end and stuff like that, does that fall under what if, or is that just a different thing? 
that that's just a different thing to me. I mean, I mean, yeah. it is an alternate universe. Obviously, that's what we're talking about. But like, we're just talking about, you know, there there was what if Volume One? I think was like in 1975. I want to say I don't know. Yeah. It was in the 70s. And yeah, then remember, what if the, what if Volume one, Two yeah. was like when we were all you know reading comics? But now it's like what Mike's saying. It seems like you know 2005 they put out like you know five or six one shots and have been doing that every year. You know, as part of their marketing thing. And man. Like you know, the, you know, Mike and Brian are not kidding. They all fucking suck up. <laughs> they are stinkers. Well, it's it's funny though. Like one of the, one of the absolute worst ones. I think it was like the one based on Avengers Disassembled. The one where like it turns out like Scarlet Witch was secretly working with Captain America, and she he was uh, Captain America was behind all like the Scarlet Witch's madness for some reason. Fooled that, you. <laughs> yeah. I, it, <laughs> And it makes even less sense when you read it. But it was written by Jeff Parker, who I now love the writing of on Thunderbolt. So I think that's kind of ironic. But, like, you know, when I looked back on it, I was like, holy shit, he wrote that? That was terrible. But, you know, <laughs> but now, like, I man? I love his writing on Thunderbolts right now. So that's kind of cool. But And I guess he does good work on, like, Hulk or something, too. But... That, but in any case, I, I love. I was gonna say like all like a, a lot of my favorite sci-fi shows or properties have like a, always they all have like a alternate history or alternate a mirror world episode or or comic. Like I listed a couple here, just lightly touching on. Uh, Buffy had one. Buffy had several, probably. Heroes had one that was really good that is probably my favorite episode of Heroes. And, like, I've only seen, like, the first two seasons of Heroes, but that episode, like, kind of stands out to me. Superman the Animated Series had a good one. Let's see. uh, Transformers the Marvel comic had a really good one, even though it was, like, drawn by Jose Delbo, who was probably the worst Transformers, one of the worst artists on Transformers ever. Leave Jose Delbo! Uh, well, he, uh, to be fair, though, he, that that issue, I think it was number 67 of the Marvel run, probably had his best work, like, on that title ever, so that that's pretty cool, but I was, like, Dragon Ball Z, which we just talked about, like, you know, the whole Android saga is pretty much based on an alternate history with Trunks coming back and all that. The one I picked, though, as favorite is the episode of Gargoyles called Future Tense, where, oh, like, that's a, that's a great choice. I'll let that you talk about a, it. Uh, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, in that episode of Gargoyles, like, that whole season has Goliath and uh, a couple others, like, on a, like, journey through, like, sort of, like, I forgot what it was. They were on some barge, and they were, like, traveling in the waters of Avalon or something, and, like, it, it only, it takes them where they need to go, but never home, and, like, one time it takes them to, like, they finally reach Manhattan again, but it's Manhattan, like, 20 years in the future, and, like, they meet, like, all the future, their future clan and stuff like that, and, like, all their old friends who have been, like, twisted and, like, otherwise wounded or, you know, and it's cool because, like, Brooklyn, who is my favorite character in Gargoyles, is, like, now leader of the clan, and he's all badass, and, like, Goliath's like, Brooklyn, my friend, and, like, Brooklyn decks him, and he's like, you left us alone for 20 years, you bastard, and stuff. <laughs> it's, like, awesome. And and then, like, as with most, like, alternate history future episodes, like, they all die and stuff, they, like, every, they go on, like, some suicide mission, and they all die, and it's, like, really grim and depressing, and, you know, it's just a really good episode. 
Gargoyles episode also started another alternate universe standard. I was talking about the Spock beard earlier, but also Gargoyles, if I'm incorrect, you can you uh, can correct me, but it doesn't also say, like, you know, it's an alternate universe if somebody has a bionic implant. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, someone, if someone has lost a limb and they now have a, like, robotic arm or something, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. like like yeah, Lexington was like half cyborg and stuff, and broad Broadway was blind, and it, like everyone was all changed and stuff. That that but that was a really great episode. Just and of course the only the only bad part about all these like alternate like universe episodes is there's always like a like I guess well the bad part is basically you have to go back to the normal like universe at the end of it <laughs> yeah you get all interested in the the new one yeah yeah but you know it it's still one of my favorite like tropes and in, in science fiction and stuff and i also wanted to mention one i forgot batman the animated series over the edge which technically is a dream but you know it, it's still a pretty good like alternate episode where there's something you know where every people die and whatnot so you know it's it's just like you know perverse fun i guess it's seeing your like entire cast get all murdered and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah like bad girl dies in like the first like five minutes yeah, yeah. but yeah i'd say gar that gargoyles episode of future tense is probably my favorite one though that's cool. I, I didn't mean to get all excited and stuff, but that is a really good episode. I was no, like, it's definitely worth getting excited over. Yeah. You guys... what, um, I'm just curious, is that an episode that is on official, like, DVD, oh, or is that part no. of this? It's, it should I, I have it's... been on the, yeah, it should have been on the second volume set, but uh, Disney doesn't seem to ever be releasing that, so, you know. I, I could be wrong, but isn't it? Send, send your angry emails to Disney at <laughs> Disney.com or <laughs> <laughs> is it a part of the Goliath Chronicles or not? No, it's not. Okay, I wasn't sure. It was close because it was near the end of that season. So. Yeah, it's it's near the very end so, of the season. So, like, see that that's the Goliath Chronicles is one of those shows like that conveniently relabels itself to tell you that it's yeah. Jump Dark. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, by the way, we suck. The Goliath Chronicles. <laughs> the Goliath Chronicles is the GT or Beast Machines of of gargoyles, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, I'm sorry I got so excited, but yeah, you guys should totally check that episode out. Probably one of the best episodes of Gargoyles. I, I, I guess I'll go ahead and do mine right now, just because, why not? It, it's, it, it was brought up by Mike, so it kind of feeds into it. I actually mentioned this last week to you guys when we were debating topics. I really got into Shattered Glass, because it's such a strange, quirky little universe. If anybody's a Transformers fan, basically BotCon did a special set one year where they took your favorite characters and you have, like, Optimus Prime and all them. And then they, you know, alternate universe. You switch them over. Optimus Prime is a jackass. He wants to kill everything. Megatron is a scholar and he's, like, a scientist and he's all knowledgeable. Starscream is friggin', you know, Megatron, you're so smart and I want to follow you. Yay! And... It's just, it's just so Star, weird. Starscream turned into Mickey Mouse? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the voice. Uh-huh. That he... Hey, Megatron! This is great! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the voice I hear. I can't help it. That's just me. But, I mean, it, I, I think the one reason I really liked it, I think Michael backed me up on this because he was, he was a big fan of it, too. BotCon released a teaser comic for it that was actually not official. It was done in kind of a G2 style. And it was so hilarious. It was yeah, that was great. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it just made me a fan. Of, like they had Grimlock, who is again a bad guy. He has like Trypticon colors, and he's walking around going like, "Hey, what is the meaning of this? What, what?" You know? Yeah, he had the British accent, and he's yeah. like, "I Grimlock, yeah, I do declare that you know." It was just, it was hilarious, and I kind of like that because I like the fact that they injected a lot of humor into it. They give Rodimus a cheesy mustache and beard because he is Spock, you know. I guess in this one, he's like the bad guy. It was just really well done, and I think one of the reasons why I still enjoy it is a lot of the fans and even some legitimate, you know, actual sources keep making new characters. They keep, like, adding to the mythos. There's one where Ravage is his repaint from a friggin' uh, E-Hobby thing, I think, where he's, like, white. And he's just like, his whole thing is he talks in memes from the internet. He's like, oh, LOL, I see you. I'm a cat, you know, LOL, I'm an L cat, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's just a really fun thing. And as a Transformers fan, I hate to say this, there's a lot of negativity about stuff. And a lot of people bash stuff and they're like, oh, Transformers should do this, do this, do this. I think it's brilliant. They just shattered glass drift is basically supposed to be Deadpool, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, drift like his 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 original form is he like has swords and he's like a peaceful warrior in this way. He's like he's got guns everywhere and he wants to shoot everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, it's fun, and I think that's one of the main reasons I like it. There's a lot of good alternate universes, and they're a little dark. They're a little more serious, and I appreciate them all to hell. Like the Star Trek ones and stuff, they're really good. It's just, this one is just so wacky and, like, abominous. If you're a Transformers fan, you know who he is. He's made up of the Terracons, and he's all this, you know, rawr, destroy, kill, maim, and stuff. And, and like, in the Shattered Glass universe, it's, like, actors and philosophers and stuff who make him up. And it just strikes a chord with me of, like, people who want to have fun with their hobby instead of just being so into it and so damn obsessive they're like oh everything must be like serious and we take our serious oh my god way too like you know importantly in our lives like fucking hey man have fun with some shit and that's why i like it so that's that's my favorite alternate universe justin mr sir mr man alternate universe because you do have a beard so i don't know if you're evil or not i am i am always evil (laughs) i end up going with the age of apocalypse and I can remember I was into X-Men and Uncanny X-Men at the time, and I can remember reading everything up to that, and I was kind of confused. I thought X-Men – I thought the titles were being canceled, so I was like, wait, this, is this the end for the X-Men? And then I remember seeing like preview art and Wizard or something. I was like, oh, so this is going to be like the mirror universe for the X-Men? They're all going to be evil? I was like, okay, this could be fun. And then you know, you had a lot of fun things like you know, Magneto was leading the X-Men, and he was – you know, married to Rogue, and uh, Blink was alive and on the team, you know, Sabretooth was a good guy, and Quicksilver was an X-Man, and, you know, you had Morph, who was hanging around all the time, like, which Morph cracked me up, like, one of my favorite moments from Age of Apocalypse is, like, Magneto's giving this speech, and he's having this very heartfelt discussion with Quicksilver, and, you know, they're getting ready to go on a mission they're probably not going to come back from. And <laughs> I remember this, yeah, go ahead. Magneto, he's, he's like, He's got his arms on Quicksilver's shoulder or something, and he's like, remember, son, tell them, tell them to brush their teeth. And then, like, you see, like, these giant lips come up from Magneto and kiss him. <laughs> it was actually more. He was just screwing with them. <laughs> like, I really I really liked all the, uh, well, not all of it, but most of the Age of Apocalypse books. 
And the good thing is, is uh, they've uh, recently revisited it in Uncanny X Force. Like they've uh, the X Forces, you know, went over to the Age of Apocalypse world, and we've seen some you know crazy characters like the Orange Hulk and Zombies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been cool. fun so far. I just actually started reading Uncanny X Force like this week. It's been really good. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. I keep saying, like, if you told me, like, five years ago I'd be enjoying an X-Force book, yeah, like, I would have said, no, no. <laughs> yeah. The Ultimate yeah. yeah. Universe is real. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go kill the younglings. <laughs> the what? The younglings. You know, <laughs> the younglings. The Jedi Babies! Oh, yes, that, my bad. Ah, watch out for security holograms. It <laughs> um, has become I... a very great threat. <laughs> we must defeat him. Uh, Justin actually brings up a really cool thing about the Age of Apocalypse, though. Pretty much all the ones we mention do this straight up, you know, good guys are bad, bad guys are good. Age of the Apocalypse uh, does do a kind of cool thing where not everybody is evil who was evil, and not everybody who was good is good. It's kind of I, really, I, I do really love Dark Beast that came out of that. I think that's one of the, <laughs> yeah. the best things that came out of that universe, you know, that sort of was imported into the, the old 616 thing. And I, I remember another thing I really liked with Age of Apocalypse was, was X-Man. Like, it was kind of like, I don't know, it was like the cable that you didn't have to be ashamed of or whatever. I don't know. What <laughs> like, it was just kind of like, you know, I, I remember I enjoyed reading his comic book. And then when he got an ongoing and stuff, and, you know, he was he, they tried to, you know, have him pal around with Spider-Man. Like, I remember I enjoyed that, the whole series and everything like that, so. I'm down with Dark Beast, especially some of the stuff they did once they brought him to 616, but I can never forgive AOA for all the terrible, terrible things they did to Wolverine. I just can't get over it. <laughs> you mean, you mean like, uh... Like the okay. do-rag wearing no-nose Wolverine and... Yeah, but that wasn't, that was Onslaught. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you don't you don't have to you don't have to hate on Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> well, even the one armed one was kind of goofy, whereas you know he still has that, claws. That was it. Yeah, that was AOA. I don't know. I like lately. You know, it's like one of those things where I remember I always used to question it when I was reading it when I was a kid. But now anything that makes Wolverine look goofy, I just realized <laughs> he's always he's always been goofy. Like, <laughs> like what what was funny to me was like. A good buddy of mine, you know, never read a lot of X-Men comic books, you know, because like I said, he was the, the guy that wrote, or wrote, that read shoe like 267 where Rogue gets stuck in the Siege Perilous and he was just like, I can't figure out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and he never, he never bothered to read anymore. And then, you know, he started hanging out with, with me and, and, you know, another guy and we were both into comic books and the other guy was a big X-Men fan. So he loaned them all his classic X-Men, you know, so he sort of, got caught up and read up. And then one of the other things was like, you know, he, he, he wanted to read other things like age of apocalypse and things like that, that he borrowed from me. But what, what, what was interesting about that was, uh, he had read a lot of things like Garth Ennis's Punisher before that, you know, and it was like Garth Ennis's Punisher with Wolverine was like one of the funniest things because, you know, he shoots him in the balls and he does all this crazy <laughs> stuff to him, runs him over with a steamroller and stuff. And the whole time in the book, you know, Wolverine's like, you can't 
shoot the old knucklehead in the neck. Can't do this to the old knucklehead. <laughs> like my friend thought it was like a joke. He's like, oh yeah, this is funny. He's like, he's like overusing how much he says this catchphrase that he never says anymore. Ha ha ha. And then like he reads Age of Apocalypse, you know, the Weapon X one, and he's like. He really does say it every five minutes. Like, like everything in that book, every other word's like, yeah, Gene, the old knucklehead wouldn't let you get hit by that raider. Yeah, the knucklehead wouldn't, you know, stab that, you know, marauder right there. And by the way, the knucklehead, and you're just like, yeah, dude. He's like in knucklehead, like, overdrive in that miniseries. So I've always thought he kind of looked goofy, like, in perspective. Wolverine, watch out, missiles, knucklehead. (laughs) Pretty much. He's like, the old knucklehead will dodge those missiles for you in a jiffy. I I always thought it was cool that, that like, you know, Wolverine, like, poked out Cyclops' eye there, but Cyclops blew off his hand doing it, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, at least least you get a little tit for tat on that. Jeez. But you know what? We can't forget that Cyclops and Wolverine are core characters. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, the Core. previous discussion. Core. <laughs> Who commanded the Allies in the invasion of Normandy? Name three battles Captain America fought in 1942. What French city did Churchill evacuate? You still have 42 minutes till the end of class, Mr. Stark. Do you want to double check your work? No, thanks. I'm good. This all pales in comparison to one thing, though. I think you've all forgetting that when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Yes, that was a horrible segue, but I had to try. Captain America is a movie that has been in release for a couple of weeks now, probably more than a couple, actually. It's done pretty well. It was well-received. A lot of people seem to like it. We're going to give you our impressions of this movie. I will go ahead and start off with some people because I want to save my reflections for when I talk. I'm going to go with – I'm just going to go at random now because we've pretty much done everybody first. We'll go with Derek. What do you think about Cap America, the first Avenger? I, it was funny. I was looking at this. I'm like, wow, it's been like a whole month since I've seen the movie. But the, the movie was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait for it to come out. I think it was my favorite Marvel movie of the the summer, you know, or, or comic movie just in general. Because I know, right? Didn't exactly live <laughs> up to expectations like everybody's been saying. But, you know, like, basically Captain America was, was my favorite, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the Red Skull was great. You know, I, you know I, th- that's all I have to say about it. I think it was a good movie. Cool. Short and sweet. Nothing wrong with that. What about you, Justin? What do you think about it, sir? Oh, I also thought it was really good. I enjoyed, like, some of the, you know, I don't even know if you would call it goofy, but, you know, some people would call it goofy, you know, the stuff at the beginning where he's, like, in a musical, you know, and he keeps punching Hitler, like, 200 times, and, you know, stuff like that was pretty fun. And, you know, getting him into, like, the comic-accurate costume was pretty cool. I kind of wish Bucky had had a larger role, but, you know, that's that's probably just me, and, you know, I'm a huge Bucky Cap fan. I would have liked... Hey, the- the fact they had Bucky at all is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point to make. But uh, I wish Bucky had you know just a few more scenes. But you know, overall, I thought it was a really good movie, and you know, I'm looking forward to getting it on the DVD. Cool, cool. I want to go with Brian right now. I want to hear Mike's concerns <clears throat> and enjoyment for last. So, Brian, what do you think about it? 
This summer, I've been like completely opposite on movies, like from their previews to how much I enjoy or dis- dislike the actual movie. Like for X Men: First Class, I remember like I was dogging on it, saying it looked like a made-for-TV movie. It ended up blowing me out of the water. You know, I really enjoyed it. And Captain America, all along, seeing the screenshots and trailers and stuff, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be great. But then once I actually saw it, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Like, one of the main problems I have is, like, there's absolutely no character development for Steve Rogers. Like, the, the person he is at the beginning of the movie is the same person he's at he is at the end, you know? He's the guy that will get in a fist fight, even though he knows he's going to get his butt kicked because someone's, you know, snickering at, like, a U.S. propaganda film. He's the same guy that will throw himself on a hand grenade to save his comrades, you know. His character doesn't change at all. The only development that Steve Rogers goes through is muscle development, and that's it. <laughs> like, also, like, the musical is kind of funny, but if it hadn't gone on for 15 minutes, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Like, it seemed like there was a long time before you actually got to see, you know, Captain America start kicking butt. Like, the whole first half of the movie is just kind of, you know, him being a weakling or him being beefed up but just, you know, doing that musical stuff. And I guess to complete my trifecta of hate on it, I didn't understand really at the end why Cap couldn't, like, land the plane or parachute out or even, like, fly a bomb down and land the bomb. (laughs) Is there, like, an in-movie explanation why he couldn't just fly it? Because he's got to be asleep, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's about the only, like thing I could get out of it was like, well, they have to put on well, I, I, I don't know. It's been a while. You know, like, I'm, I'm assuming it's just, you know, has something to do with, you know, mystical mumbo jumbo and the cosmic cube and all that stuff. But it, it just seemed like one of those things where, you know, they, they just, you know, set it up on the screen where they're like, oh, okay, if he, if he even crashes, lands the plane, which was what was, I guess, inevitably going to happen. Like, he was afraid that all the, you know, the bombs and shit in it would go off, so... That's that's what I got out of it. But. Yeah, but I mean, even even in fiction, that doesn't really work for me because the bombs were like piloted to begin with, right? So couldn't you just like set the plane to crash in the ocean and like take off in one of those? Like it just didn't really click with me. And as much as I enjoyed like the Red Skull's performances, like I never really got like any sense of why he was bombing all these American cities. Like, you know, it's not like he gave him an ultimatum or something. It's just like they found out that that's what he was going to do. And I guess, you know, it's like bomb American cities, question mark, and then profit. You know, there's no <laughs> like why, why that was such a big deal for him to do it, you know? Go under Not Nazis are evil. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, taking it as a I, – I, I don't want to say I hated it. Because I certainly didn't. I enjoyed it. You know, it's a decent movie. But like I said, it's just that my perceptions from the, the screenshots I'd seen was that it was going to, you know, totally blow my mind. And it just ended up being, you know, okay. I, I think it's going to be one of those movies. And I'll go and give my thoughts. Like I said, I want to go to Mike last. I think it's one of those movies that when it comes out on DVD, there are going to be some uh, deleted scenes that will, like, probably set it up better. They'll probably show, like, Cap in the plane. It'll be like, you know... Automatic control is disabled. Bombs will fuck everybody up if you don't fly this into the ocean. And he'll be like, oh, shit, I've got to do this. So, I mean, they'll probably do that kind of stuff. I mean, I imagine there's a little bit more to it than just that. I, I could be wrong. They might just be like, delete scenes. <laughs> no. 
as far as I go, I really enjoyed the movie. I did actually get a chance to catch up on a lot of my movies this last couple of weeks. I saw Thor. Didn't see Green Lantern yet. Haven't seen that yet. But as far as it goes, I really liked it as a Marvel movie. And I'm actually going to take the opposite effect from Brian, not to just disagree with you, disagree with you, just as my own personal take. With Thor, he had a weakness. He was, like, very prideful, very, you know, I'm Thor, you're big, I fought bigger, you know, that whole thing. And then they have Tony Stark, who is kind of a partier, and he's like, he's also arrogant as well. And I think for the Avengers movie, they were trying to set up Steve as being the guy who is worth leading someone. He's like, oh, well, he's got to be the leader because he's, he's kind of Superman for the Marvel franchise now. He's got to be the one who has the morality, who has the you know, capability of being the guy who can make the tough decisions without being like, I want to go get drunk or I'm going to go throw a hammer at it. Fuck it. And I, I think that's what they were trying to do. With they were trying to make him seem larger than life. It was, it had a really cool thirty serial vibe to me. It actually did seem like they were going for that kind of, you know, atmosphere where it's like, you know, Steve Rogers is Captain America, a young man who was giving amazing power and amazing, you know, and they were building the legend to me. That was that's how I was seeing it. Would I have liked more Steve Rogers? Would I have liked to see him be like? a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that would have been really cool. But I can understand what they were going with because I look at the marketing. The movie is called Captain America, The First Avenger. The Avengers is coming out. So they're definitely saying, the Avengers is coming out. This is the leader. You know, it was like, we have to make him badass. And I think they did that very well. One of the Well, the, things- the reason, like, Tony Stark and Thor are, like, so interesting to me, like, I really enjoyed, you know, those movies is because they have character flaws that they have to overcome. But with with the case of Steve, he's already like mentally and emotionally a superhero, you know. He'd give his life to up to save, you know, all of his fellow soldiers that hate his guts. He'd, you know, get the, his butt kicked in an alley cuz someone's making fun of, you know, US Army short, you know. And I just wish that maybe they had instilled like, I don't know, some kind of like maybe self-confidence issue or something at the beginning of the film that he actually got to overcome. Or maybe, like, there's a leadership quality that he would have lacked at the beginning, but as he's stuck with these guys and being the best out of all these guys, he learns to become a leader. And and there just wasn't any of that, you know? He's the same <laughs> character mentally and emotionally the whole film. Yeah, just well, but, I mean, he doesn't start out leading a bunch of guys. I mean, by the end well, of it... because he's, he's a twink. No one would follow him. <laughs> well, then, then if, if he had muscles at the beginning, he'd be Captain America in the beginning. that character development, then? I mean, I, I, it just, to me, I'm like, I don't know what you want, you know? Like, because, like, yeah, he is Captain America, and he is more akin to a, a DC character where they do sort of have sort of a one-note quality about him. But, I mean, if Tony Stark's a schmuck at the beginning of Iron Man and then people complain that he's still a schmuck in number two, well, you know, you're just back to where you started again. And they're going to make him a schmuck in Avengers so that he contrasts with Mr. Not-Schmuck Captain America. (laughs) That's just how it works. They want some conflict. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and Thor's probably still going to be, you know, a little bit pricky, too. So, I don't know. But if that makes Thor interesting, then, you know, I guess that's good, you know. Yeah, I mean, I understand what Brian's saying. I mean, I would have loved some character development, too. But I think this was pretty much, like I said, like Marvel's attempt at almost a, a Superman vibe where you have, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I admit 
being a little bit older and having read a lot of older comics, sometimes it's kind of cool to have that superhero who is so self-assured and so just right about things. You know, it's like it's kind of cool to see the the good guy kick some ass, you know, and I, I agree at the same time it's very hard to contrast it in my own mind where you do enjoy the guys who have faults. They have flaws. They're not perfect. But I think for Avengers to work, I agree with Derek again, it's it's better to have Pricky Stark and Pricky Thor have to be kept in line by Steve because he is like the moral compass for the group. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if you want the badasses, you have your you have your Thor, you have your Tony Stark. They're the guys who are gonna be like Fuck you, Steve. Go go get drunk, and Thor's gonna be like, "I killed a frost giant. What'd you do today?" You know, <laughs> it's like. Well, to me, the fact that like Cap didn't change through the movie, to me, that was his character arc. You know, like it, it, and it served as kind of a contrast to, you know, the Red Skull who did, you know, take you know a similar serum and went all crazy and evil. Like, you know, he is pretty much the same throughout the whole movie. But the fact that the serum doesn't change him, like, to me, that's his arc. Like that is his development. Yeah, they they chose him for a reason. Yeah, I will I will I will throw this out real quick before I go to Mike because like I said I, I am really interested to see what Mike says. Even though Brian impressed me, sir, just by like going up against the fan holes and being like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> well, like, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just I just saw some flaws, but uh, I really like Arnim Zola. I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought he was really well done. Mike, I, like, without his head in the box, <laughs> without his head in the box, without the Kodak camera for his head. Uh, what do you think about it, Mike? Was uh, not the f- a scratch, Doctor. <laughs> I did like yeah, his little Nazi mobile there, but <laughs> I was gonna say, I yeah, I enjoyed it a great deal. I really liked like the I thought the it wasn't like it didn't have as many like humorous moments as like I'd say like Iron Man or something but I really liked the moments it did have humor like the I think we jokingly call it the Namor cameo <laughs> 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 when, when the you know the the kid gets thrown into the water and he's about to go rescue him but the kid's like treading water he's like I can swim go get him yeah, <laughs> but I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I liked the whole thing with Stark explaining to him what fondue was. I th- I liked that joke. And you uh, her. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, the musical that was very funny too. I my compl- I, I'll I'll throw in a complaint like with Brian's the the actor I think his name is Sebastian Stan who played Bucky. I, I to me he seemed really disinterested. I don't know what it was. Like he didn't seem like I, I don't know what it was, but he just seemed like really bored all the time. I don't know. That just kind of leapt out at me. Like he just seemed uh, I don't know. Like he didn't have the same kind of energy level that like Steve had. Like uh, it, it just seemed like he was like tagging along. Well, technically that's what Bucky does, but you know. <laughs> Bucky should be, I thought Bucky's supposed to be, you know, like, chipper, and, you know, he's supposed to, you know, uplift Captain America and stuff, but he just seemed to be, like, it seemed like he was, like, the Winter Soldier already. Like, you know, he was all, like, grim and whatnot. And I guess... He was bored. He was bored because he was just waiting for his turn to get the shield and costume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hurry up, motherfucker. That must be it. That must be it. And, I mean, I understand, like, they made him older and more like Steve's, like, contemporary. Like, it, actually, it seemed more like Steve was the younger one. 
I like, was going to say that actually. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it just seemed like I don't know. I don't know what what the I'd, I'll have to watch it again. But like the actor, he just seemed like really like low energy compared to like a lot of other people in that movie. And uh, you know, Bucky should be you know Cap's best friend, and you know his death should like haunt him and whatnot. You know, Bucky is like Cap's Gwen Stacy almost. You know, <laughs> so I mean, he's just like, oh, Bucky fell off a train. Oh well. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, you, oh no! Like, if if you're unfamiliar with Cap, you're just like, oh no, Cap's best friend died, you know. And like, but in the comics, that's like, like for the if you read the first issues of like Avengers when Cap comes up, that's like everything to Cap. He's just that's like that's like the first hundred issues of Cap. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I can't ever get over Bucky's death. Why? Oh, why did Bucky die? Well, there's there's like some creepy ass shit too, where like I, I remember he's like in a, a graveyard, like pre. Pre Jason Todd dying, you know, where it's kind of like creepy, where you know Bucky's like hunched over the gravestone, is like, why'd you let them fuck my shit up, Cap? It's kind of like, oh shit, Bucky, you know. I I remember this like trap. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this like those uh, those issues where like Cap is hallucinating and seeing Bucky everywhere, and the Avengers are just like, oh that crazy Cap, and like they never get him help for it or anything like. Like, I think like Cap just comes to the conclusion at the end of the issue that he's like like oh my guilt is like acting up again I'm sorry guys and they're like oh, you insane crazy old man you know? everybody in the forties hallucinated it's silly yeah, exactly yeah he's like you should have a drink like me I don't know <laughs> I, I, actually Mike I, I will give you that I mean even though I don't think it was a huge flaw I, I didn't like that they made Bucky the same age I thought you know I, I'm yeah, I like the whole Robin you know, Batman kind of thing where Bucky's like, oh, I'm going to go fight the war. I'm young, you know. The other thing was, yeah, like in regards to Bucky, like I kind of, it kind of seems like, and I wouldn't mind this at all. Like when they do a Captain America two, like they want to do like a winter soldier storyline. And I kind of thought like they were kind of hinting a little at that when they like had that like scene of Bucky, like sniping that guy. Like, for Steve, and Steve, like, waving at him and stuff to show, like, oh, Bucky can be hardcore when he wants to be. But, like, the thing was, like, I felt like Bucky was shown to be hardcore all the time. So, like, if they do a Winter Soldier story, like, if they set the next cap in, like, modern day, which I guess they're going to do, and, like, they do Winter Soldier, they're going to be like, oh, Bucky's back and he's evil. And it, it, I'm, it's going to be, like, a lot less of a stretch, you know, like, compared to, like, his performance. Yeah movie now, you know, if he was all, like, chipper and, like, happy-go-lucky, it would have been like, no, this can't be Bucky, but this time it's gonna, if if, if he comes back as the Winter Soldier, it's gonna be like, yeah, I could see that happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, he was kind of a dick anyway, so... Yeah. Clearly yeah. Really, they're setting up Arnim Zola to have his head in the TV <laughs> box in the next year. So. They better. I just, I just wish it'd been nice if, like, when he, like, was falling off the train, he was like... Oh no, I'm falling off the train. Oh my god, what is this? Something is attached to my arm and oh, it's ripping it off. What is going on? I need a cybernetic attachment. <laughs> oh, what, what he, what he should have yelled while he was falling down that chasm <laughs> or whatever it was, was, why did you let me fall off the train, Cap? <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, to instill some guilt in Captain America. But... <laughs> or, just, or just even simpler, your fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this never would have happened if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> or just for my own light sake of brevity, he just went, I'm bad, and fell off. <laughs> oh, 
Oh man. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, so uh, it, we're actually kind of a little bit split here. Mike but, liked but, it. But, uh, no, but on the whole, though, I, I really liked the movie. I enjoyed it. I'm going to get it on DVD and all, you know, all that shit. And I, I got to say, like, the Avengers teaser at the end of it, like, the the audience went ape shit for that. Like, seriously, like, I was excited, but I was, like, surprised to see, like, so many people, like, around me just going, like, losing their minds. Like, I thought that was, like, going to be a... <laughs> riot in the theater. And I was like, you know, like, I keep up on stuff like this, but, you know, did this many people really not know this was coming? You know, I was just like, <laughs> but that was, it, it was kind of cool, though, you know, just to see so many people so excited for something that I like. So, you know, it's it, kind of It cool. definitely put me in the bone zone. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 hold up. You mean they're making an Avengers movie? Yep. <laughs> and if you, Justin, if you didn't know, you, you can also follow the adventures of the Avengers <laughs> in comics. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. It's like got Spider Woman and some other. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. You can follow the adventures of Luke Cage in comics. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. It's like Wolverine and his other amazing friends. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's that's not entirely true. <laughs> Oh, I, I I think it's pretty safe to say you should at least check this out. If nothing else, I mean, it's it's worth watching. I mean, there's there's yeah, it's definitely a recommended movie. Yep, yeah, I know, right? Better than Green Lantern, as far as I go. That's just me. As you are very well aware of on the Fan Holes podcast, we do do something we call what's something cool in your neck of the woods this week, or something awesome. We very much just tell you what we've got into or we dig and. Just want you to know about something you should probably pick up or watch or just do whatever. I'm going to start off this week myself. This is going to sound really lame, and I totally admit it, but this is just, I don't know. Lame. 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 <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Why did you do this? You, you're the most horrible person ever. Tony's <clears throat> cool thing is he got new socks. I have new socks. <laughs> they're 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 labeled, so it's got a T and a J embroidered on them. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're warm, and they they do have my initials. Um, <laughs> and hot pink. Um, <laughs> I was gonna throw this out to anybody who is possibly a wrestling fan right now. If you have kind of grown out of wrestling, which I understand, if you're a fan of like Stone Cold Rock and all that stuff, you probably were like, eh, I don't like the new stuff. It's kind of annoying. The WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, which is really stupid, have done a really good job of making new storylines and stuff in the last couple of weeks with uh, characters like CM Punk, even John Cena, who I'm not a big fan of, and everything like that. And I've really gotten back into it a lot more. I've actually become more engrossed with it. There's actually even talks of maybe a topic on Fanhole's podcast at a later date, but we'll go into that later. But I just want to let everybody know, if you do watch wrestling, if you watched it in the past, or if you just got out of it, really check out WWE right now. I think even Justin would agree with me. It's gotten a lot better than it has been. Yeah, well, like, I'll, I'll back you up. Like, I haven't paid this much attention to it since, you know, the heyday of, you know, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. So I've, I've really been enjoying a lot of the recent storylines. Cool. cool. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Just, just give it a look. If you like it, awesome. I mean, if you don't, obviously, you know, stay away from it, but... It's a lot more serious now, not quite so cartoony. So that's my awesome thing for the week. 
I'm just going to throw it out in the air to, uh, let's go with Mike. What's your favorite thing this week? My favorite thing this week is something well, kind of old. I've been playing, like, Halo Reach again, and, like, on Xbox Live and all that. And, like, my, well, a friend of mine has been doing this, like, he started doing this thing called, he calls, like, Halo Tuesday, where, like, all his friends and stuff come and play, like, Halo on a Tuesday night, and, like, I am included in this. And, like, there's this game we play called NASCAR, which is, uh, I, it has nothing to do with constantly turning left, so I don't know why it's called NASCAR. Basically, like, it's just this down, it's a multiplayer game in Halo Reach where there's this ramp with teleports at the bottom and teleports at the top, and everyone gets a jeep, and you just keep going down the ramp, and the, the teleporter at the bottom sends you back to the top, and eventually, like, your warthog, uh, the warthog jeep, like, it keeps gaining so much speed that eventually you can't control it anymore, and it becomes like a tumbling fireball of destruction. And one guy is chosen at the uh, to be on foot at the very bottom of the ramp with a gravity hammer, and, like, his job is to try and destroy the warthogs that are flying down at it, but, like, it, it gets so, like, chaotic that, like, you keep getting... If you're the guy at the bottom with a hammer, you, like, you have to, like, time your hammer swings or else you'll get run over and stuff, and it's, like... And once you do kill someone in the Warthog, they ha like they join you at the bottom, and it's like the funnest game I've ever played on, like the funnest <laughs> multiplayer game I've ever played, like on Halo. And it's just we call it NASCAR, I guess, because like you just keep gaining speed with the jeeps. But it's like the fun. I like I can't even describe like how much fun it is. But like once you lose control of your jeep, you like your jeep starts tumbling, and it, like the more damage it takes, the more on fire it gets. So you're basically a big rolling fireball down this, like, infinite ramp that just keeps going and going and gaining speed. And it's, like, fun as hell. And, like, I've like the last few weeks I've been playing, like, it's just been a lot of fun. So that's my thing. <laughs> was it a map actually made by one of your friends? Or uh, was it, it was what... Yeah, what, like, people in the Halo community, like, if a ma they, like, Halo has a map editor, and, like, if a map gets popular enough, like, they'll put it up on the multiplayer boards for download and stuff, so, like, he downloaded it, and the game type, so, yeah, basically, he, he every Tuesday night, he makes a big custom game, and, like, about 12 to 16 people all join in and just, you know, play this, and it's really fun. Cool, cool. Since you tripped in, Brian, what's your cool thing this week? My awesome thing this week is a book. I was actually curious to know if Justin had read it. It's called Empire in Black and Gold. Have you no. Read it, Justin? No. Okay, it's by Adrian Tchaikovsky. And it's it's going to sound really cliche to say this, but it's basically Lord of the Rings, but kind of steampunk. And it's it's all human characters, but... Like they each take like a each clan takes after like a different an or a different insect type. So I got to be careful saying this around Derek. I'm not sure if they're different species or different races, but <laughs> like there's a beetle type of people who are like all stout and muscular and really good at crafting things. And then there's the Empire in Black and Gold is actually referencing like the wasp people who are like all getting together, and they have the ability to shoot stingers out of their hand, just like a real wasp would in real life. <laughs> and, I don't know, there's ants who can communicate telepathically, again, like real ants. So, anyways, this has been a good, like, fantasy book, and I've really been enjoying it and getting into it. Hey, Brian. 
Red ants, red ants and black ants are races. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That actually does sound kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it's actually not as, not as I don't know, child childish as it sounds. It's like really well done. Cool. Definitely the Empire of Black and Gold, correct? So is it kind of uh-huh. like like badass badass literary sectors? <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> serious sectors are serious. What about you, Derek? What's something awesome over there in your corner of the world? A little while back, I got the Death Note movies, the live-action movies on Blu-ray off of Amazon. And, you know, as I tend to do these days, a lot of stuff stays in a box wrapped up until I get a chance to watch it. And I, I probably wouldn't have watched it, but I, I noticed that when I was hanging out with my dad, he was watching Daffy Duck. And I knew that was a sign that something was terribly wrong because my dad doesn't normally watch anything animated. And so uh, I, I kind of went, well, what's going on? And he's like, well, there's nothing on to watch. And I said, well, I said, I have this movie and uh, or these <laughs> movies. And, you know, I said, you may like them. They're pretty cool. And I go, I think they even have a decent dub. Like, they're not like, oh, my God, it is Gojira. (laughs) No, it's not like any of those, you know, crap dubs that we all get used to listening to. It's actually dubbed by the same guys who did the anime dub for Viz. So I knew it was good because I had seen the first movie dubbed at a Fathom Events before. You know, I went and watched it in the theater, which was pretty fun. And so I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, you know, dub. And so we ended up watching it and we watched both movies and everybody really liked him. And I, I, you know, I just thought it was fun and it was pretty cool that, you know, that I could get everybody involved in watching it because more than likely it's not something that they would have known about. So, and I, you know, I just want to, you know, I, I think they're great movies. I actually, you know, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I like the live action movies better than the, the manga or the anime, so uh, I guess all the otakus can gasp in horror and fall over <laughs> and die or whatever, but I, I think the movies are great, so yeah. Actually, I really enjoy the uh, manga, so if you say the movies are better, I, I will totally check them out, because I've seen them in Walmart, and I was kind of in, kind of in, interested in them, I was like, I like the manga, maybe I should check them out, so if I you give them a high rating, that makes me more curious to see if they're actually better, so yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Justin, awesome thing. Go, sir. Go, go, Kiger. <laughs> well, I watched the Fright Night remake last night, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Like, I, you know, I enjoyed the original, so I was kind of you know, on the fence about whether or not this was going to be a good movie. But uh, it it surprised me. It was actually very enjoyable. Now, you know, I wasn't sure if, you know, McLovin would make a good vampire, <laughs> but he, he was actually pretty cool as his part. And uh, David Tennant, who... You know, fans may know as the Tenth Doctor. He really stole the show, and it was actually really weird. You know, coming off as a Doctor Who fan, seeing him in a role that requires him to, you know, pretty much be an alcoholic and swear constantly is really weird. But uh, <laughs> if you want to see David Tennant uh, swear and kill vampires, or you, uh, if you enjoyed the original, then I would suggest you check it out. Awesome, got a lot of good stuff this week. I am actually going to go off the script for a minute and probably. Scare the fan holes for a minute. Watch out. We have done contests in the past. I was thinking of this all week, and I did not tell anybody because I wanted to keep it in my evil little brain. 
The new contest I have in mind, you will not get anything free. I'm sorry. I apologize. But what I am thinking is the first person this week, we already have some new people who have joined our Facebook and our Twitter and have emailed us, so that is awesome. First person this week, if you post on our Facebook, if you join us and are a fan of the fan holes, or you throw anything up on Twitter, send us your first email. We will get back in touch with you, and you get a possibly awesome prize. You get to pick a topic for a future fan holes podcast, any topic you would like. We will talk about it. You may not be able to get on the show because of scheduling conflicts, but your topic will be talked about by us. It will be probably at a later date. We do have to prepare for it, give us a little bit of time. But I am throwing that out. You have the ability to change our podcast. What do you think about that, guys? Is that a pretty Tony, good Tony, no. They might pick My Little Pony. <laughs> I, I must say, Tony, knowing some of my friend's sense of humor, like this could be a very dangerous situation you're putting us uh, in. I'm willing to go there because I want the I want the fan holes continuum to know that they have a voice in our in our podcast. Bronies need not apply. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that that's the uh, that's the challenge for you guys. If you want to hear something interesting, a little my little pony, <laughs> just, just give us like a cool topic. Uh, do us a favor though, if you do not mind since you will be altering the course of a future podcast at a later date, listen to the other Fan Holes podcasts. We would like to not talk about a topic we already have discussed before. But that's the only thing and, I have. you know, since it's Tony, if you tell him the topic, he might not even remember we talked about it. So <laughs> so you you use your own due diligence and, and figure it out, you know. <laughs> and as Captain Planet would say, the power is yours. Exactly. But I, I thought that would be just kind of fun. You can, you can get us to have, <laughs> he's a hero. <laughs> I just want to hear Derek just do the whole song for the rest of the show. I just thought that would be fun. By the way, just to let you folks know, the person who did win our contest, go ahead and shout out his name, at least his uh, first name. I don't know if I'm going to give away his whole name. Who won the comics and the DVDs? Derek, we announced that last week, Tony. Yeah, that's that's how on top of things Tony is. <laughs> we, will, we will edit that out later on. So you want no, to I say that. we leave it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> winner was Tom Spielberg. See, see, so you know we weren't kidding, listeners. So so figure out which topics we've already talked about, and then you know if Tony's answering, like we may even talk about something twice. So. <laughs> I really like. I really hate Star Trek Voyager. You guys should rip on that. Tony would be like, yeah, we've never done that. <laughs> You'd write that in as a suggestion, Tony. <laughs> guys, we got a topic. We should totally talk about the Transformers animated movie. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there, Wait, there was a Transformers animated movie? There was. It was in 19... 19- I think he's talking about Rebirth. Oh, like, okay. it, was, it was like 1998, right? <laughs> Okay, well, I just thought I'd throw that there, make it a kind of a interactive thing. Also, again, we have an email, fanholespodcast at gmail.com. Throw us like a little line. Just ask us a question. You can send us criticisms. If it's funny, if it's worth reading, we'll read it. If you're a jerk, we probably won't. But, you know, if it is we funny, won't. we won't. We won't. We won't. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, I was, I, I was thinking of another word at the same time. I was like, if it's not, if it's wrong, and then wrong, 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 wrong. But no, if it's if it's a funny comment, we'll read it. If not, we may not. But guaranteed, we love emails, so we'll probably read it anyway. So just throw us a little bit of a line. Let us know that you enjoyed the panels podcast. And I think we're done for this week. Would you guys uh, agree? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Issues are done, man. Yeah. Have we used up all our power? Goodbye. (laughs) Used up all my power. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome, guys. It has been a fun show. I've enjoyed it immensely. In the meantime, I am Tony Chanclaw. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, this is Derek. Derek WC. Mike Thunderwing. Justin Grimlock. And we will see you next time on the Fan Holes Podcast. And just remember, be safe. Chips. 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 I thought we actually told who won the fucking contest. Wow. <laughs> I could tell that. Yeah, I did. 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 I did.